I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sing it for you. Okay. I'm gonna cut this part out of the uh, out of the podcast, but I'm gonna sing it. <laughs> okay. Uh. <clears throat> no, I can't sing it. Just forget it. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Hello and welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 126, the Stable Nucleus episode. Very happy to have on the podcast this week, Derek Fry. Derek is a singer-songwriter from Tennessee and lives sometimes in Tennessee, sometimes in Nashville. And he plays both solo and sometimes fronts the band The Dirty Badgers. You can find his music at DerekFry.Bandcamp.com and also we'll have a link to that and his social media sites in the show notes. He's putting out new music all the time, so make sure to check that Bandcamp link. And right now, here is Derek Fry. Things are not what they seem 
In fact, most things are worse than they seem. Um, so this song is kind of a complete satire uh, about different conspiracy theories, uh, kind of some that really got popular with the whole like QAnon 2020 thing. Uh, so there's, you know, religious theories in there. There's like reptilian, alien conspiracies. Um, and it's just kind of a play on people actually like choosing to believe one thing about their existence. Uh, so it's not really a like a personal song about myself, even though I'm singing it like in a first person view, it's more of a entire dark com dark comedic song. I think that's the first, that's probably the first song I've heard. It's written about QAnon, which is, yeah, which is, yeah. seems kind of weird because, uh, I mean, it's all over everywhere, but I don't think I've heard, I've heard some general, you know, a lot of political songs and stuff, but specifically about that. Um, was there anything in particular that, any part of QAnon that particularly, uh, I don't want to say appealed to you, but str uh, struck struck you maybe? Uh, but, well, yeah, some of the theories were just kind of fascinating to me, especially kind of like the human clone thing and the whole like everyone in Hollywood is like reptilian clones and all that crazy stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's some really uh, fine lines you can walk between all those subjects, I guess. And so, I mean, obviously you just wrote it recently. Do you feel like it had, a, it right. almost had like a, a, you know, very Woody Guthrie sound to it, which also kind of goes with the social political part of it. Were you influenced by uh, Woody Guthrie at all? Yeah, it definitely has a little bit of that uh, almost Woody Guthrie perspective on things. He had some, some uh, like satire lines in there. Um but never really a whole song. It was just sort of lines here and there that are kind of satirical a lot with, and I just figured, well, let's make a whole song satire about this entire conspiracy, but not really involve key figures like presidents or former presidents, things like that. Uh, just kind of keep it vague and, uh, you know, on the surface of all these different conspiracies, there might be five or six different ones in there that I just pick something from. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of, it's interesting that, um, you know, they, they really are the people who like conspiracy theories. They're like the same people. They're the same people who like whatever conspiracy theories, regardless of whatever the subject matter of it is. You would think that like uh, if any of them were true, like I might believe one and then you might believe another one. And then somebody because of their particular, you know, life situation. But. I think one of the clues, one of the clues that they're a little bit off is that it's the same people that tend to always believe conspiracy theories. So the the whole goal of the song is kind of to expose the sort of hypocrisy and how some of those ideas kind of contradict the other ideas, um, because the whole like religious thing that's a theme of it, and then like the alien thing, those don't really go hand in hand, but they kind of might be the same thing. At right. the same time, you know, that's kind of for the listener to decide, I guess.
the road I live on is called CNH Lane. Uh, there's about three houses on this road. We're at the very back, and then down the mountain from us is um, you know some old good old country people. They have a bunch of hound dogs in cages that uh-huh. just bark constantly. Yeah. So every now and then, when they're just barking is just out of control, I'll just go out on the porch and play my fiddle. And this song just kind of came out of the riff I would play when I was like angry about those dogs barking and kind of angry that they're stuck in those cages at the same time. Uh, Like that's no way for a dog to live. So I decided to dedicate a fiddle tune to the hounds of the CNH. It has kind of a feel of a bunch of hounds uh, howling all at once. Um, Yeah. Is the, uh, the recording of this, is, is that all you? Yeah, I actually had uh, just a simple djembe in there at, that I overdubbed maybe like three or four times and then some hoots and hollers in there and chants kind of almost like a Celtic feel to it at the end a little bit. Are all these songs uh, self-recorded? They are, yeah. Oh. I record them pretty much right here where I'm sitting. Well, I think and I do it myself a lot of times. Uh, most people, when they record home recordings, they might lay down like the drum beat first or maybe the bass line or like a simple rhythm guitar. Uh, But when you like attack it and put fiddle is the first thing I recorded just by itself and then went in and added everything else. So maybe just having that sort of lead instrument as like the base of the track kind of gave it a different feel. That's a good idea. That's a good approach to try to, you know, record the most, uh, maybe prominent instrument first because yeah, I think, I think like you say, a lot of people either do like a scratch track with an acoustic guitar and vocal or program the drums or figure out the drums. And then, then you're stuck with the, you know, whatever energy the drums have, that's what the rest of it is going to be. Yeah. And there, I mean, there's a lot of good singers out there that would record their vocals and then figure out the music to go with their vocals. So it's kind of similar approach to doing oh, something yeah. like that. What instruments do you play? Um, guitar, fiddle, banjo, and dulcimer, a little bit of piano, but you won't hear me play anything besides guitar, banjo, and fiddle at like a live show. More from Derek in just a few moments. want to remind you to check out his Bandcamp site. That's derekfry.bandcamp.com, D-E-R-E-K-F-R-Y-E.bandcamp.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you got it, wherever you're listening to it right now, might be a good place. Uh, there might be a better place. Um, you know, do your own do your own research is a fun thing to say these days. But the podcast is available at all the podcast streaming sites. Also, you can go to wncoriginalmusic.com and find a, all the episodes there and some extras. And of course, you can find it on your smart speaker by saying, "Alexa, play WNC Original Music." I hope that didn't start your Alexa playing. I sort of hope it did, but only, you know, with your permission. Also follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook uh, for just extras from the podcast uh, and from other local musicians and stuff like that. Also some corrections from the last episode featuring the Death Bots. The Bee Gees are a disco band uh, from the 70s that also had a wide ranging career across several decades. The Heebie Jeebies are like a made up disease Uh, that doesn't really mean anything. So we were both right. Hi, this is Rachel Hurwitz, and you're listening to WNC Original Music.
Who are some uh, Who are some bands or musicians that you maybe used to listen to a lot that you don't so much anymore? Oh, okay. That's that's a that's an interesting question. Um, well, when I was younger, maybe in high school, um, I was really into like the Jack Johnson. I thought he was a really good songwriter, kind of kitschy. I didn't really like that whole scene of the, you know, kind of surfer vibe or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I liked his stuff and not really somebody I listen to anymore. Um, let's see. I would say the white straps, but I still like to go back and listen to them every so often. Yeah. Mm. Most classic rock, I would say. Like, oh. uh, you know, the heavy hitters of classic rock, like Zeppelin and things like that. I don't, I don't really find myself listening to that stuff as much anymore. And is there anybody Which, that, um, you know, when I was 15, ACDC was like the best band in the world. So. Oh, yeah. Is there anyone that, um, especially an older band or a band that's got like a large catalog that you maybe didn't listen to most of your life, but then all of a sudden you listen to them and you like got all their music all at once? Uh, that kind of happened to me uh, in my mid 20s with the Kinks. Um, about seven seven years ago or so i kind of discovered the kinks i'd only heard like lola um and then got their very first album and it was a bunch of blues covers and i was like this is pretty cool uh so then i just got the rest of their catalog and now they're one of my all-time favorite bands for sure yeah they're really uh under underestimated i think their influence and yeah I think kind of the way they didn't come to America during the whole British invasion kind of held back their popularity a little bit with the whole U S crowd. So uh, they kind of flew under the radar, but still to me are right up there with the stones and Beatles easily. Sometimes I like to sing and play some guitar I get a lot of compliments from the drunks at the bar and by the time the night is over I'm just singing to myself cause everybody with a real life has already left when nothing Sense I try to fill in the blanks, doing a lot of thinking on that muddy river bank. Well, it keeps my soul heavy and it eases my loneliness. I should probably clean up around here, but my life's a bigger Searching for rest It ain't a thing again 
against you, honey, I still love you the best. It's just that everybody's nightmares seem like my sweetest dreams. And when you said you was leaving, what did you really That's one I wrote sort of while, um, I mean, quarantine's still kind of winding down, but kind of when they first started easing restrictions a little bit, and I was really eager to get back to live music. Uh, but it kind of makes fun of like local live music a little bit, kind of mm-hmm. poking fun at myself, um, you know, playing crappy bars, but you take it as it comes and you love every second of it. So it's kind of all that intertwined in one and a lot of like, uh insomnia during 2020 during lockdown uh yeah and just missing normality or you know and kind of a different take on normality once you see it from a different perspective kind of in retrospect and look back on it you kind of realize uh not to take it so seriously all the time and kind of you can laugh at yourself a little bit about you know, things you've been through and stuff like that. Speaking kind of a, of normality, like you were talking about, do you think there's something that you're going to do uh, musically, of course, uh, of course, or, or unmusically, is there something that's going to be significantly different for you post pandemic because of the pandemic that you might do differently? I think so. Um, it's kind of made me refocus and be more, uh, use a little more discretion and like choosing live shows to play. Mm-hmm. Um, now venues are kind of, they're, they're kind of wondering what to do next as well. Um, it seems most places are apt to want to pay more to musicians from everything we've all the loss we've went through the past couple of years. Uh, but I think for me personally, it'll change and just, I'll be playing more solo shows and kind of, I don't know. I really got kind of took a step back from the whole rock and roll thing through 2020 and uh, just kind of tried to get reattached to my roots. I kind of grew up around like the Carter fold in Virginia. Uh, My grandparents knew like that family and my grandpa was in a band called the Bay's mountain drifters that was around there. Um, So I just wanted to kind of go back to that and, you know, reestablish some roots in the Appalachian music and, focus on that a little bit when i uh, saw you last live was at um french broad outfitters yeah and you were doing like a, a really yeah you yeah, know i got you now. uh fairly heavy rock thing you know electric guitar and drums um so were you already starting to kind of move away from that before the pandemic you feel like the pandemic um kind of brought that on yeah uh 
I play with um, the Dirty Badgers, which we'll, uh, we're still thinking about, you know, getting some shows together here and there. Um, but even with them, before the pandemic hit, we were kind of scaling back and using more acoustic sounds and things like that. Um, just really kind of trying to hone in on melodies uh, more than kind of the in-your-face in rock that's all about like that chest pounding kind of like anger, letting out the rage, you know. Because uh, that's, to me, that's what distortion is. Like distortion is the anger you're trying to get out. So if you take that back, you kind of have to uh, change your approach a little bit and kind of get that anger across in different ways than just, you know, tons of distortion. No way.
one pet kind of has a lot, a lot of the satire too. Uh, but it's more about kind of, uh, maybe being in a relationship with someone that wants you to be someone different than you are. They don't love you for who you are. Um, they kind of treat you as a pet. Um, so you kind of make that reference in there. Well, I kind of made the reference of, um, I only want to bury one pet at a time. Like if I lose a pet, I don't want to be the pet that's being lost. Uh, and there's some other themes in there, uh, about how she's got her own issues, even though she's judging, uh, my character for these things in the song. Uh, and then kind of at the end, you talk about her issues and, you know, kind of, uh, look at yourself before you judge kind of song. We're talking a little bit about, you know, politics with that first song. Uh, and, Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering, uh, do you feel like you are more political in your music than in real life or less or about the same? Probably about the same. Uh, I could say maybe like one out of three songs or so are really involved like heavy political themes. And that's probably like in real life, one out of three conversations I have like on a daily basis maybe involves some politics. (laughs) Okay, one more time. I want to thank Derek for being on the podcast. Again, check out his music at DerekFry.Bandcamp.com and also uh, follow him on Instagram and Facebook. He's also been playing live uh, quite a bit recently, so look for his upcoming shows uh, on his uh, social media pages. One more time, follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search WNC Original Music or just Google WNC Original Music and see what happens there. And, uh, of course, you can always go to WNCOriginalMusic.com. The closing song this week comes from the band Big Fan of the Bison. They are from Denton, Texas, my hometown. Their debut album, Songs of the Frontier, is available now, and I highly suggest you get it. I really had a hard time choosing which song to play. Uh, I love when people send me whole albums. It's easier for me if they send just one song, so I don't have to choose, but I'm glad they sent the whole album because it's really good. Here's big fan of the bison. Have a good week. Take it out.
There's a couple different kinds. You got the stuffed crust. You got like just. Well, I see we're out of time. You get a a layer of sauce (laughs) on top.